It's time for the Mac Geek Gab. And once again, Pilot Pete here bringing you this quick tip of the week. If you're on your phone and you want to take a screenshot of an entire web page, not just what's on your screen, but everything that's below and to the left and to the right, what you do is take your normal screenshot. And when you pull up that window, at the top, there's two little tabs. One says screen and one says full page. If you tap the full page tab, then you get a scrolling window to the right, which will allow you to scroll left and right and up and down to get the entire web page captured. More quick tips like this, plus your questions answered today on the Mac Geek Gab number 1004 for nope. Monday, October 23rd. It's 10.05, Pete. I knew that for 10.05 for Monday, October 23rd, Welcome to Mac Geek Gab 1005. This is the show where every week, not just episode 1005, but most episodes, we share your quick tips like that or our quick tips like that. We share your questions that you send in and we try to answer those questions. We share some cool stuff found so that we can all learn about some fun new gadgets and software and all the things that make our technology lives better. We loosely string it together into an agenda such that we each have the best shot at learning at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode, MGG 1005, unlike 1004. You did such a great job with the, the opening quick tip, Pete, that I didn't want to redo it. So, yeah. uh, you know, I figured we'd just, uh, we'd just roll with it. Uh, sponsors for this episode include LinkedIn.com slash MGG, where you can go and post your first job for free. Uh, and we will talk more about that in uh, in a few minutes. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Lee, New Hampshire, is Pilot Pete. And I was just trying to prove, Dave, that time is indeed not linear. I, I liked last week so much, I was trying to go back and do it again. But, well, you know, there's, that's, no, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, except except the parts that are incorrect. But, well, you know, other, that. other than that, like, sure, <laughs> sure. Well, that's, that takes you a lot longer to get to show 2000 if you keep doing that. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Much better to introduce this as show 1021, because then we'll just get our way to 2000. We'll be there by Christmas. Be exactly. Great. Abdul has our next quick tip, Pete, and uh, says, uh, with the standby mode that came as part of iOS 17, when my morning alarm goes off, I get nice big buttons on a widget to snooze or turn off my alarm. However, I have also discovered that if I simply rotate my phone from, you know, landscape mode, which is the standby mode to portrait mode, leaving it on the charger, that also turns off the alarm. This saves me from having to fumble to find the off button. I like that. That's a good little tip. My my follow on to that tip, so I don't have to fumble to find the off button, is to throw it across the room as hard as I can. That shuts it up, too, but it gets expensive really fast. <laughs> it's not cheap. And, you know, those iPhone 15 Pro Maxes are in short supply still, so you, you kind of, you know, yeah. you have to go without for a little while. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, excuse the dog barking in the background if you can hear it. Sorry no, we don't that. hear it. She's, a- oh, well, AI magic seems to have removed it, at least for me. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. apparently either UPS or FedEx has shown up. I'm not sure which flavor of the day it is she's nice. going after. But <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, um 
Yeah. So uh, JP also wrote in with with a, uh, a, a guess it was more of a question actually at first, but he was talking about how how come iOS seventeen doesn't remember his his alarm tone, and and you wrote him back about that. But so I started playing with that, and that's when I discovered. And this is more of a public service announcement along with a quick tip. I had my alarm set. And I played it to see what tone I had, and I could barely hear it. Dave, I literally had to have the phone up next to my ear to hear the alarm. And I'm going, what's going on? Why is this, you know? So I went, all right. Well, when I turned up the volume while the alarm was playing, guess what it turned off? The alarm. I went, all right. So I got to, so I turned right. it off. Of I course it volume. does. that because yeah. Because that's another way to stop the alarm is to hit one of the volume buttons. So there's, exactly. there's you know, like a bonus little quick tip. Yeah. Right? So, Bingo. Yeah. yeah. So the volume up on the alarm, on the timer, turn turn the volume up, and I set another one. And by the way, you can set one for as little as, you know, two seconds probably, I guess. I didn't realize you could go less than a minute, but while I was playing with it, I went, oh, wait, wait, wait. I can do. Wait, slow, slow down. How do you, set a, ti- how do you set a you timer? You set a timer for 10 seconds. Really? Five seconds. I thought you had to do it at least a oh, minute. Oh, look at that. You know yeah. what? I've seen that there before. Never thought to use it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah. Carry so on, no, please. Another quick tip in the middle of a quick tip. Yep. <laughs> Which is turning into a longer tip. <laughs> yeah. All but right. Here, here's the thing. What it boiled down to is no matter how many times I turned the alarm volume up, it would get it would go off and play, and I'd have to hold the phone up to my ear, and I go, "There's no way on earth I'm waking up to that." I didn't know what to do, so I I figured, finally figured it out. I went into settings sounds and haptics and move the slider on ringtone alerts to the desired volume in my case all the way up if i want to wake up it finally remembered the volume of the alarms and timers so for those of you out there that are going to use your brand new iphone 15 15 pro max whichever one you got make sure you have gone into sounds and haptics and turned up the volume to an appropriate level lest you get caught sleeping nice yeah yeah all right yeah 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 that would have burned me yeah yeah all right yeah this is why we do these uh these tips uh tony lawrence uh in our discord uh at uh com slash discord says i just found out about this if you zoom a photo in photos now crop appears in the upper right corner if you long press on crop there you'll get even more options like full screen original widescreen square and you can yeah, yeah you right uh, yeah that's pretty cool i yeah there's that apple keeps doing these these little things that they don't seem to document anywhere and uh and then we wind up you know with material for the show speaking well, i was gonna say okay. dave if they documented it we wouldn't have that's it. anything to talk about exactly just, you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry show sorry yep. sorry show Yep. Folks, show's over. <laughs> Got new lips again. All right. Um, speaking of things that Apple doesn't document, I swear I didn't change what I'm about to talk about here, and yet it burned me, and I had to go change it again. We were watching a movie on Saturday afternoon. It was one of these days where we had like something in the morning and something in the evening, and so it was like, great, Saturday afternoon, we're going to have some chill time. And it's October. And so we were watching some, I think it was the new Pet Cemetery movie or something. It's okay. okay. It's okay. It, it's fine. But it's really dark. Like, 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 like visually dark because a lot of it happens at night. But it was like, and so we were watching during the day and 
like we understand that things are going to be a little like the contrast of sunlight coming in the windows isn't optimal when you're watching like a dark spooky movie but foot fine like we knew that going in yeah but it was like so dark that there were some scenes where it was like i can't even see what's going on and i'm like you know this seems too much and i knew we were watching uh an HDR version of the movie, high dynamic okay. range. Yep. And I also like in the back of my head, like, again, we were using this as like a, 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 an excuse to just chill on the couch a little bit and watch a, a movie. That's okay, but not terrible, not great. And so it wasn't like, it, it took me a little bit to start thinking about it. Like, wait a minute. Okay. I think there's something wrong because something about HDR, if it's shown on a non HDR screen. Now our screen is HDR. Our Apple TV is HDR compatible. Like all we have all of the things, but something in my head said, this might not be making it through as HDR. If the TV doesn't know it's HDR, then it's not going to decode this properly. And we're going to get things that are too dark or not looking correct. So I was like, all right, hang on. Is everybody okay with me taking five minutes and like, troubleshooting and they were like yeah obviously see you in an hour dave <laughs> no no so i didn't even have to get off the couch but i went in to my apple tv settings i went to video and audio and i realized that i was basically set on dolby vision whatever they call it dolby vision pro or dolby vision thing and that the specifically the match content settings were turned off what match content does is it says, yeah, by default, you're going to be in Dolby Vision mode because your TV supports that and the Apple TV prefers that. But with match content off, it says we're always going to just send everything through and tell the output source, a.k.a. the TV, that we're in Dolby Vision mode. Whereas you can tell it to match the content. You can tell it to match dynamic range and also match frame rate. And you can choose either or both of these. And as soon as I turned that on and we resumed the movie, everything was so much better. And I watched, uh. right, I, as soon as I pressed play, I watched my TV jump from Dolby Vision mode to HDR mode. And when it did, like, we could see things. Like, it was still dark because it was at night, yeah. but we yeah. could at least see characters on the screen as opposed to just, like, <laughs> I hear Shadows the voices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't know when this changed, but my TV used to do this and I've never changed it. So it's possible it changed with iOS 17 uh, or tvOS 17, but it's also possible it okay. just changed it somewhere along the line. So again, go into your Apple TV settings, do it like, you know, before you notice a problem, Apple TV settings, video and audio. And, and when I say Apple TV settings, I mean just the settings app on your Apple TV, yeah. video and audio match content. And then decide for your setup what you want. For me, I want match dynamic range to be on and match frame rate to be on. I want to let my TV do what my TV is going to be good at. And so it does its right. thing. Yeah. So what would happen if you didn't match your frame rate? That um, seems kind of. It, it would adapt it, right? Like yeah. it, you, 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 if you're super picky, you might notice like some visual differences, but like some I, jumpy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, I, I'm sure there are people. I don't. I don't mean to be dismissive of this. It's not a thing I notice. But I'm. I know. But I. There are things say about sound that I do notice. I was going to say. I bet you notice the audio issues. Correct. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you're tuned into that, you'd probably see it. But I figure, why not? Again, my TV is good. Is built to to do this. Really, what it is is 
I want to trust my TV. So let me give it all the information I can and let it decide what to do, as opposed to letting my Apple TV be a filter in the middle there. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's, uh, so I recommend that. And then of course, while I was messing around with the Apple TV, I was like, how do you get to the, the control center again? And you get to the control center on your Apple TV by holding down the, uh, the TV button, like the, the Which button is that, right above the volume, button. that's on the, on the current remote, on the Apple TV remote. Yeah, 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 yeah. But while you're there, you can navigate to the little picture of the home icon. If you have home kit set up in your home and from there, I, that's why I couldn't do this. I don't have home kit set up. Got it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then you can see your home view, which includes being able to see cameras and all of the things. And it's cool. The, the camera view, I, I don't know how long it had been since I had messed with this on there, but I'm, you know, able to see, I have like eight cameras now. It's crazy. And I'm able to see all of them in a grid view or I can zoom in on them and, and you can set settings for the cameras so that like if you have a doorbell that it automatically interrupts your TV and shows you who's on the door and like those sorts of things. So, um, so yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I need to set up HomeKit, be able to do that. Then. So I, I have a couple of HomeKit cameras that are actually HomeKit cameras. Like okay. I've got the Eufy cams, right. And, right. and those, uh, some of them are HomeKit compatible, but not all. And then for the ones that are not, I run Homebridge and uh, Homebridge is a piece of software that you run on some computer in your house. You can run it on your Mac. I run it on my disk station, my Synology, you know, in my NAS. Uh, It's you could run it on a Raspberry Pi. It's fairly low CPU usage for what it does. And so it's not a resource hog. And it's a translation engine that takes non HomeKit stuff and advertises it as HomeKit stuff is really what it is. doesn't work with everything, but there are plugins for it for most of the stuff that we would have talked about on the show, including like the Eufy cams that don't have HomeKit. Sure. Yeah. Is it, is it running like a matter type thing or is that? Nope. It's just a no. translation engine. It is software okay. and it works over your Wi-Fi network. So oh, very cool. All yep. right. Yep. I'd like to be able to do that. Yeah. Cause as I mentioned pre-show, you know, I, I've got a Eufy cam and we actually, we caught some nefarious crud going on at our place in Florida this very week. Hey, and uh, I'd love to be able to have that. To you, you know, I, um, I have found that Homebridge is, or HomeKit in general is just super convenient. I, I don't it, for, for like viewing cameras and controlling mm-hmm. things just because it's so integrated into my phone and all my Apple devices that there's an app for everyone, not just for me, but for everybody in the house to be able to see and manipulate all of these things. And so it's for that reason that I, I, I like to run Homebridge because I, I don't have to worry about like, oh, is this device I'm buying specifically HomeKit compatible? Like, I just need to make right. sure there's a plug in for Homebridge and then I'm good to go. And I can use whatever I want to control these things, but my family can just use the home app. And, and you know, especially for the cameras, I, I'm almost always using the home app. Like for my ring cameras, I don't, you know, I, I, I can run the ring app. I certainly have it, but it's way easier to just like, you know, go to control center and, and you're good to go. So, right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, yeah, I need to set that up on the, uh, on the Mac mini then and go from there because yeah. I, I'll tell you the, the funny thing that I think I mentioned this once before you know, hey, yes, lady, turn off the living room lamp. 
yeah off off it goes right and hey us lady turn on the living room lamp uh unable to do that google apps says you're missing it you know I'm like what okay yeah. hey us lady turn off turn on the lamp you just turned off yeah <laughs> oh okay and it comes back on and you're like oh how did they get there now it's taken to asking me do you mean the one at you know your address yeah i'm like well no next door turn on that one for me you know what do you of course at that address yes yeah, but yeah. it's now asking me questions and i have to answer yes or no to get the light to go i'm hoping this home bridge will fix some of that give me uh, the ability to probably not no? i mean well because you're using home kit right if you're using uh, the s lady to control things that yeah. is home kit yeah. So the the Homebridge isn't going to change any of that. It's no. just going to okay. let you add more devices to that. Okay. It's it's the same <laughs> to interface. Confuse her even more. <laughs> yeah. Correct. And in turn, confuse myself. <laughs> I will okay. say the more the more smart home devices I get, like the other day, I wanted to change the colors of my outdoor lights. Uh, okay. We saw some lights downtown, and I was like, oh, I like that look. Somebody had like green and purple lights. Uh, okay. uh, like I'm one of the churches in, in downtown Durham. I'm like, that looks great. Like, that's what I want for our, our Halloween lights for outside. And so as I was driving home, I'm, I'm telling the S lady, all right, change front door left to green, change front door, right to purple, change driveway to green change. We, we, you know, the, yeah. the, there's another yeah. light or whatever. And then there's the one in front of my office. And I know that it's called office light. However, since installing that years ago, I have also put six lights inside my office that are also part of office. And so there is this light called office light, but I can't address it with my voice because when I say turn, make office light purple, it's like, they which no, which oh, okay. one do you want office front left, office front right, office mid left, office mid right, office back left, office back right, right? Because I got six lights in you know yeah, yeah, my yeah. office. And it's like, I want none of those. I want just the one on the front of the office, but it's not called office front or office driveway or anything. Yeah. It's not out, office outdoor. And so I couldn't, I literally, there was, I, I could not figure out how to do it. So now I need to think about, maybe I need, do need to change that to be like office driveway or office something how that to go in and rename delineates it. what yeah. it is and, and all of that. And then yes, the next day when I came into my office and turned on the lights, they were all purple by the way. So <laughs> of course they were. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. One, uh, one last quick tip. Uh, in, in today's bucket of quick tips comes from listener Rob who shares that Apple diagnostics also exists for Apple Silicon. And this was not something he knew. It was also not something I knew. So on Intel Macs, you to get into Apple diagnostics, as soon as you turn on your Mac, you hold the D key on your keyboard and then it will bring you to diagnostics. And if D doesn't work, you can do option D to get there. That's been there for a while that at least I've known and we've shared on the show a few times over the decades with Apple Silicon. It's there, but it's different with Apple Silicon. You hold the power button down when you start. This gets you into startup options mode for everything that like this is your gateway uh, okay. to all the startup options. However, once you get to the options mode to get to diagnostics, press and hold command D. That's the part I didn't know about. 
I had no idea. Right. So you, you hold down the power button until you get to options and you release the power button. And then from there, command D, uh, hold that down. That will bring you in to the, uh, to the, the options on your, uh, the, the, the diagnostic mode. I've got a link to these instructions in the show notes. I also have a link to the error codes that are reference codes. Apple calls them that translate when you see something in the diagnostics uh, report, you can go to this website and see what Apple, uh, how Apple translates that to say, you know, human language. All right, look, I know that there's a lot of you like me out there who are running a small business, right? And these days, every new potential hire can feel like and even be a high stakes wager for your business. And this is why I want to be 100% certain that I have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why I know that you're going to be like me and you're going to want to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps us find the right people for our teams faster and for free. This is how we found Sadie here. We've used it for other people as well. LinkedIn Jobs makes it super simple to really narrow it down and find the right person from their massive pool of people, right? You just go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MGG. Then you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring, you know? And then they have these awesome, simple tools like these screening questions that make it super easy to focus in on the candidates that have just the right skills and just the right, not just like hard skills, but also soft skills. Cause you can ask some questions and really start to get a feel for who these people are. And then you prioritize who you want to interview. And then obviously in the end hire, and it's really important to add the right team members because this can have such a huge positive and measurable impact on our businesses. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk with faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MGG. That's linkedin.com slash MGG to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring this episode. And while I got you here, I want to talk about a fantastic podcast for you. Leo Laporte hosts a show called This Week in Tech which is one of the longest running tech news shows in the world. It launched in 2005 on twit.tv. And in the 18 years since they've covered every major tech story with some of the biggest names and smartest people by doing a deep dive into the biggest tech stories, a different panel of experts join Leo every Sunday, bringing expert analysis, helpful advice and entertaining discussions. You'll listen to every episode, knowing more about what's happening in the tech world around you and they deal with some of the biggest issues in the world today, not just computing, Windows, Mac, and Linux, but AI, Twitter, slash X, cybersecurity, privacy, search, and so much more. Visit twit.tv slash twit to subscribe to This Week in Tech. And thanks to Leo and the team for doing this swap with us. So, Dave, I think it's time we move into questions because I have one for you. Okay. Actually, I, 
I don't. It's John in Idlewild, California, who writes in, hello, gentlemen. Once again, I like being referred to as gentlemen. You know, <laughs> they call, have us, no call idea. us what you want. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, there we go. All right. I have a cabin rental in the mountains of Southern California, and our county has just added a rule that a 24-hour contact must be posted on a sign on the property. That's nice. Advertise your phone number to the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well. I, it's All a right. cabin in the woods, Pete. Like, this is Dude. this is off the beaten path. It, there yeah. you go. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. Yeah. He says, I've added a second line to my iPhone 15 Pro and set it to the local area code. He says, but I would like all calls to this eSIM to go through no matter what the focus mode is on on the phone, which I believe believe is device-specific. Not sure that it is. Uh, barring it doesn't adding, have to be. You're correct. Doesn't have to be. Okay, yeah. yeah. So barring adding call twice, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. on the sign, is this possible? What do you think, Dave? Um, I I think there's a there's always a way. I mean, right. come on, it's what we do: bullheaded persistence, right? So right. <laughs> I don't think it's possible with an eSIM. I I don't think you can get that granular with focus modes right it, it it's something that apple certainly could do it's it's not difficult software wise i just don't think it's there and it's because both phones will ring in the phone app right and so right. we don't get to like the app is the specific thing and of course you could say well let these specific contacts through but you don't know who's calling don't know you who it is yeah that's the whole point so Let's but let's tug on this thread a little bit. If the phone app isn't the way to do it, is perhaps another app the way? Because if you can have the call come in to one app that only is for that thing, then you can add an app exception to your focus mode or focus modes. And so what I would do, and this will even save you some money, is say thanks but no thanks on that eSIM or perhaps uh, just transfer that eSIM number so you don't even have to change your signage into Google Voice. It'll cost you 20 bucks to transfer it, one-time fee to transfer a number into Google Voice. And then you link, the, you log the Google Voice app into that Google Voice numbers account. And maybe you want to even create a separate Gmail account for just that Google Voice number, right? Just so you can have it compartmentalized if you ever need to give it to someone else to manage for your property. You're not giving them access to your main Gmail account, but either way, log the Google voice app on your phone in there and then tell Google voice to ring. And I'm using air quotes here, ring the app and then give that app permission to get past your uh, focus modes. And you should be good to go. And you're saving yourself a bunch of money because you're not paying every month for this phone number with the eSIM. It's just there in Google Voice. And if you didn't already get the eSIM, you could go to Google Voice and have them give you a number. It might or might not be available in the specific area code that you're in. But my guess is that probably doesn't matter. These days, everybody can call every area code from their cell phones. And so that right. that's how I would right. solve this problem. Yeah. Uh, I Yeah, I think that's I think that's going to be the best way. I think that's it. Yeah. And yeah. if you're determined to have it in that area code, you could probably pay a small fee to Skype annually or something like that. Oh, Skype that's number. true. Right. You know. Well, if you're determined to have it in the area code, Google voice, you, you like, he already has the number so he could oh, transfer right, right. it into Google voice. In. Sure. Yeah. Probably Google yeah. voice can port most numbers in. There are some okay. that it cannot, but, uh, but you're right. Skype would be the other answer there. Uh, 
to to do the same kind of thing and it's it you would pay them something but i think all you'd have to pay them is you'd have to buy some credits uh to burn for minutes for your incoming calls maybe it's been so long since i've done it that i i don't know i think it's free Oh, it may, yeah. To yeah. get a number, to get an outside working number, I don't know that it is. But yeah, I, maybe yeah, not. I don't remember, maybe not. And then, uh, yeah. And let me throw one more curveball in there. I okay. don't know what uh, WhatsApp app. Maybe a a way, you know, because you could associate a phone number with WhatsApp, so that's an app that you could know. No, well, yes. However, the people calling you would have to call you with WhatsApp. They couldn't just call you with a phone. Fair enough. Yeah. And that's here, what, here in the U.S., it's not universal. It's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So, so I'm looking to see about pricing on a Skype number here while we're doing it. Um, I just got a number. Yeah. Uh, while we're, you know, just while I'm not, I'm not going to use this number, but they gave me a number in Illinois, and if I say continue. Now it's just going to ask me to log into Skype. So yeah, I got there bingo, you go. bango, bongo, bingo, bongo, bango, bongo. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know that there's a, a a cost for Skype, but if there is, it's pretty low, and that, that's a great idea. And that's another, you know, if you had to have, if you had to do this with two different numbers, Google Voice for one, Skype for the other, it'd be good to go. Oh, so, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's just something. Yeah, yeah something. All right. Uh, Bill has our next question, Pete. And Bill yeah. says, Bill asks, a few times recently, someone has used AirDrop to send some PDFs from their Mac to my iPhone. Unfortunately, the files get added to the iBooks app when I want them to be in the files app. Currently, that means I then share the file with myself from the books app to the files app and then delete the PDF from the books app. I want to make it more efficient. Is there any way to change the default destination slash application used by my iPhone when it receives a PDF via AirDrop? Pete? No. Next question. Okay. I guess we'll move on. (laughs) Sorry, Bill. All right. Look, this is so frustrating. iOS doesn't allow a user to change the default application that opens a specific file type like a PDF directly from AirDrop. So when you AirDrop a PDF to an iPhone, it should open in the preview section of the files app by default. At least that's what's happening for me. So um, then you can manually choose where to save or open the file with a bit of an extra step. So if you receive a PDF or any other file from AirDrop, you'll see the option to accept the file um, if it's from someone else. Now, here's the weird thing. From my laptop or from, like, Debbie's phone, that sort of thing, it, it doesn't seem to ask permission to receive anymore. And, and I'm not sure why that is. I haven't figured that one out yet. But I assume it's because it sees – actually, it, not Debbie, but uh, for my own. It sees oh, I'm from the same from Apple your, ID. From yourself, that's correct. It, yeah. it presumes that you meant to, to send that to yourself. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. And then once accepted, the file – Typically, will open in the default app, like files for app for PDF. But if you, if you want to open it with another app, navigate to where the file is saved, usually in the downloads folder in your files, and then tap on that file and tap on the share button. You know, the little square with the arrow pointing yeah. out. And from the share sheet, you can usually choose which compatible app you want to open or save. The so file you have you have to do it the way he the way he did it. Is yeah, essentially I mean, it. Yeah. Yeah. iOS does not allow you to change the default app. Yeah, it's interesting. I I have sent PDFs from one iPad to another. I I do this a lot with um, 
like like musical charts and things like that. And I have a few apps on my iPad that will open PDFs. One of them, of course, is like the books app. One of them is an app called Fourscore that I that is usually the one I want to use because it mm-hmm. it lets me mark up scores. And then I, you know, but I have others like Dropbox. I think will take it, but if not Dropbox, maybe OnSong. And my iPad asks me every time where I want that PDF to go. However, it does not ask me if I want to put it in the Files app. So I wonder if there is some app out there that accepts PDFs but would simply be a conduit to the uh, sure. files. Yeah. And that makes me wonder, hey, is that like, would a shortcut show up? If a shortcut was built to accept a PDF, would it land? You know, would it show yeah. me that shortcut? And if so, well, then you could have a shortcut that automatically is going to save it to wherever you want. So I, I it, it that's worth some experimenting because it might be doable. Yeah. And I wonder it. Well, I was going to say it, it won't help much with iOS 17, but, you know, ask chat GPT. <laughs> well, if you're, if you help with that, sure. Yeah, if you have anyway. the pro version of or if the paid version of chat GPT, it, it yeah. links with Bing now. So yeah. you can, you can get current information. Just tell it to, you know, use Bing and it'll, oh, it'll, it'll search. So, yeah. Okay. That's back. Because yeah, it always yeah. yells at me and goes, hey, I'm I'm only good through January 22. Right. But yeah, if you use GPT-4 and point it at Bing, uh, it, it will it will get, you know, current stuff. So or just use Bing AI and then you don't even have to pay for chat GPT. Yeah. So and then uh, I'm going to jump right in real quickly with a quick tip because we've been talking about where to put PDF files. iOS or, or not. A, it's actually more of a cool stuff found. iOS, iPad OS, good reader. Worth every penny. It is a great PDF manipulator. And, and it opens music, it opens videos, all that kind of stuff. But I love me some Goodreader because I can get in there and I can highlight things. I can mark things up. I can write on them. I can do notes. Uh, I, I use it when flying. I actually pull up our flight plan release and I write little notes on there and that sort of thing. And in the event I need a paper copy at the end, I can just print out the PDF with all my notes. And it used to keep a fuel log on it. Uh, Interesting. It was, yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was Have great. You, They've actually provided us with another app now to, to do that to, same sort of thing. Sure. That uh, where you just fill in the fields instead of having to write down the numbers on the flight on the old PDF document. It's just fill in the fields now. You know, how much fuel do you have? What time did you get here? So I understand habits and momentum and, you know, if it ain't broke, yeah. don't fix it or or we can it, fix that <laughs> if it ain't broke. Fi- so, yes, in fix the it. in the interest of following the show's mantra of if it ain't yeah. broke, fix it till it is. Have you compared Goodreader with PDF Expert on your phone for your iPad for doing all of those PDF things? I I know you didn't have PDF PDF Expert when you headed down this path. And so Goodreader was the path. But I'm just curious how it would compare, you know, apples to apples kind of thing. That's a good question. I have not used that in iOS. I I need so to do. And yeah. uh, I, I will do that. Because you have a subscription. Like if you have the subscription on your Mac, it it it, it should all, transfer it works. over yeah, to my yeah, iOS. Exactly. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I'll do that. And yeah. by the way, um, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't consider it stealing. I'm using my daughter's version of it because she has an educational discount with a .edu email. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's a huge discount. I, 
uh, or PDF expert. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. you know, the thing is though, like what, it, what does it cost you to earn that discount Pete? Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, only a few tens of thousands of dollars to pay for her tuition to get that EDU email yeah, address. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. So, there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jurgen next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me, let me pull that up. I had it well hidden from myself. Good. So Jurgen writes in, hi guys, uh, you've talked some about pass keys and I think I understand the theory behind it. Good. Jurgen, tell me <laughs> since you can now use, uh, now use them with Amazon and Google. I'm scratching my head about the practical side. I guess a not so uncommon use case would be Amazon. I use it with my iPhone, iPad, iMac or Mac, <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> momentum and, and i don't want to use a single device for login uh, then there's my wife who likes to use my account for her shopping gee i wonder why so what it comes down to is the following can i use one pass key on all of my devices and also give it to my wife to use on her devices for my amazon or, or whatever account i hope the simple answer is yes but uh, maybe you can elaborate a little thanks a lot for your great work in putting out a fantastic show every single time we try every time we try so <laughs> this was a good one because i had though i had dug into passkeys when they first were announced and like i think best buy was the first site that i could use a passkey with i didn't do much with it past that however after jürgen's question came in i thought you know what why not? Let me dig back in because as Jurgen points out, Amazon and Google and, and many others now are supporting passkeys. So uh, and one password, which is the password manager I still use, uh, is supporting passkeys. So it's like, all right, well, now I can do all of this. So I uh, launched, you know, I went to Amazon. I went into my account settings and I went and looked and created a passkey. They made it very easy. One password popped up and said, do you want to store this passkey in one password? If not, I could have stored it in my iCloud keychain because either one will take it. Now, it just so happens that like Jurgen, I already have my Amazon login shared with Lisa. I don't think Jurgen has his shared with Lisa. He has his shared with his wife. Yeah. I have mine shared with my wife. Right. Uh, I just wanted to make that clear. Maybe he has it shared with Lisa. If he does, I'm, really want to wonder why she buys things on my account, not Jurgen's right, account. Right, and not Jurgen's. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, Lisa, uh, get, get this fixed. Let's get this fixed. <laughs> if That's you're right. listening, Lisa, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> but, and really we share it because it, she shares Kindle books with me, right? It, right? It's the easiest way. I know you can share Kindle books among, amongst accounts, but it's way easier if you just log both Kindles into the thing and then you're fine. We have the whole family on our Amazon. You know, yeah. kids buy stuff. and yeah, yeah, You yeah. just have to remember to, in my case, ship it here to my house and not to my right. daughter in Florida. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so change the shipping address yeah. to the right one. Yeah. And and so I added the pass key and I saw it appear in one password. And then I looked on Lisa's computer and it appears in her one password. And I've looked here just now in the studio and the pass key appears in my one password here. And so, yes, it, it just works. Now, Amazon is interesting. I also set up, I thought maybe, maybe it was, Google, or maybe it was Amazon that told me this, that said, if you have set up two-factor authentication, we will still ask for the second factor, even though you're using a passkey, which seems like, it seems counterintuitive to me, but it is right. another layer of security. 
And and it seems not uncommon. Maybe it was Google that told me this because I went and set up a passkey for my Google account to my main Google account. So because uh, I, I clearly don't have 2FA on for my Amazon account. It's telling me that in one password right now. But um, yeah, it, it just works. Now, I don't share a group of passwords with iCloud keychain with anyone. So I cannot test that pass keys will sync across that. I will assume that they would, but I haven't tested that part of it yet. So if you're using iCloud keychain, test that before you go to rely on it. But my guess is it would. Like, why wouldn't it? You're sharing it. It's a passkey. Like, that's the whole point. Right. So, yeah. 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 Um, but it's possible that you would need to have your wife set up her own passkey for your Amazon account that then is synced only to her devices. If that's how Apple's decided to do it. And, and that's the part I don't know the, the, the weird part about pass keys. And right now is that in order to create them, you have a username and password that you log in as, and then you create this pass key. The pass key is convenient and secure for logging you in, but there still is the, uh, the login vector and I call it a login vector, but it's also an attack vector of your username and password, right? So just be aware of that. Like this doesn't make your username and password go away. It just gives you a more secure way to log in such that you're not passing your username and password around, but it still exists. So you want to keep those passwords long, uh, secure, out from prying eyes, all of those things. You know, that. That's a great point because I have, I got to say, I'm going to set up passkey on Amazon and realize they were already doing that. Yeah. I have a pretty simple one so that, so that my daughter can remember it to log in. And so I need to fix that. Even though I do have two FA, it seems to keep her logged in that I only have to pass that to her occasionally. Yeah. It, you know, but, yeah. yeah. but there, therein lies a problem. Um, because yeah, once she's in, she stays in and yeah. 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 That, yeah. I'm so glad you pointed that out. It can the be there it can be an issue. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Shall we? Uh, shall we move I, to David? I think we shall. Um, David writes in. Howdy, gents. My daughter has a MacBook Pro that has had charging issues for years. Well, I've got a daughter that charges things too. Oh, different kind of charging. It's a, yeah, we're on to yeah. a different topic now, Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally this year, Apple Care expired, and we are faced with paying several hundred dollars to fix it. Clearly, uh, this MacBook Pro is a dud, and I need to speak with someone at Apple who, whom I can work with whom I can work. And so far, they point in a myriad of directions. I remember years ago, MGG described wrestling with Apple Care. Can you let me know which one it was, or provide me with suggestions in dealing with Apple Care? Many thanks, David. Yeah. So it, the department that you're thinking of, David, is what is called Apple's customer relations department. And I, I, that's, that was, and I think it still is their name for it. My name for it is, you know, the Apple customer service ninjas that are skilled and empowered to solve problems. And the way it used to work is if you had an issue where you tried to solve it through normal means and just couldn't get resolution that felt satisfactory to you, there was one more layer. And you would call the main Apple phone number and whoever answered, you would ask, please put me in touch with customer relations. They knew that name. They would put you in touch with them. 
And then, you know, somebody at customer relations would look at your case and make a decision as to whether, you know, you deserved like, I know, I, I know I got at least one new Mac out of them once because yeah. there was just a problem that was like, you know, we've had this thing in, in for service a couple of times. It's not, there was a Thunderbolt issue on an old, I think it was even pre Intel iMac. In fact, it definitely was. And they were like, okay, well, well, I said, I think you should replace it. And, and that was sort of the trick with customer relations is you had to often, they wouldn't offer that but if you said hey look i think the right solution is you need to replace this they'd say yep we agree and like at that point in time that was how i got my first intel imac because they replaced the old one with the current one it was great but nice. you can't do that anymore that path does not exist however the customer relations department i think still exists certainly that role exists a lot of companies call it like the office of the president or whatever it's it's the the people that are the the top people any of us are realistically going to get to to solve this problem the way to do it now is you start with an apple care case and like you know, get a support. It sounds from his letter like he did too. Yeah. Sounds like this is well documented. Yeah, so exactly. You, and yeah. and you needed to do this in the past too. But but start with a support ticket. And I found that the using the iPhone app or the chat on the web interface is the best way. I like certainly you can call somebody and talk to them if you like that part too. But I like the chat interface. It lets me kind of you know do my thing. And you get de- you get really good people with the chat interface. And so. Document everything, make sure they know everything. And after it goes to a a few rounds, ask them, say, you know, be as polite as you can, but say, hey, look, we're going around and around on this here. It's not getting anywhere. I'd like to be escalated to customer relations. And that has worked for me. I, But I haven't done it in I haven't had a need to do it in probably two years i'm trying to think it was two or three years ago was the last time i i did this and i did get in touch with someone that was in this other department and they were like yeah we're look we're so sorry about this uh you know we're we're gonna take care of this and they wound up giving me a bunch of stuff and they i think we wound up with a free iphone out of it actually um because like my son had sent his iphone in for service and they lost it and it was just stuck and it was like you know you've had this for 10 days where is it and they're like so we don't know. And I was yeah. like, great. Can we fix that? And and what they told us was, look, yeah, we're going to send you a new phone. And for your troubles, we're going to send you a couple of sets of AirPods and stuff, which we gave to the kids, which was great. And then they said, look, that other iPhone is in our system being serviced somewhere. In all likelihood, it will surface and it will be repaired and it will be shipped back to you. Under no circumstances are you to call us or talk to us about the fact that this extra phone has arrived at your house. You keep it, you use it, you sell it, you do whatever you want with it. But part of the deal is we don't want to have to figure this out again. It's <laughs> right. like, okay, yep, got it. <laughs> and sure yeah. enough, it did. Yeah. So Don't say nothing. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we want this headache to go away just like you do. And so your part in the deal is promising that you're not going to, you know, dig this headache back up. So, yeah, it, but it, it was through the support ticket system that I finally, you know, it went enough rounds where I said, call, you know, let's, 
I would like to speak to customer relations. And you have to you have to plead your case. You have to say, sure. I want this. Now, sometimes they will point you in that direction and say, you might want to ask to talk to customer relations, but it, it really has to come from you. So gotcha. Yep. Yep. That's Very the, cool. I, so hopefully that still exists. I don't, I, you know, I don't know, like it's like I said, and, it's been and, a while. And, and one other hint, and everybody knows this, but you know what? Be nice to when you ask, right? Cause the, it's not the person who's trying to help you. It's not their fault. They didn't make the rules. They didn't break your phone. They didn't break your computer. And I, I, I'm the first person to admit that sometimes I am so frustrated by the time I'm talking to some of these people. I'm going, won't you just listen to me? Can't do that. Nope. Not if you want them to help. And they're happy to help if you're nice. Well, that's the thing. Most people are happy to help each other. Like, and I mean, look, we do the show every week. We're happy to like the the point is to help my dad. I know I've told this story in the show before, but I'll, I'll I'll share it again because it was, it was formative for, for me. I was like 17, 16, maybe. And uh, you know, we didn't have cell phones. We might've had a portable phone by that point, like a you yeah. know radio portable in the house, but we had a phone on the wall with a cable in the kitchen. And I was on the phone on hold waiting for someone had wronged me. I they had shipped, I had bought something and they had shipped me the wrong thing. And I called up and I said, I need to speak to customer service. Okay, great. Yeah. So I'm in the hold queue for 10 minutes. I'm going to chew them a new one. And <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like while I'm on hold, I'm standing in the kitchen because that's where the phone was. And my dad was, I think he was like prepping dinner or whatever. And he was like, and I was like, I, I can't wait to get this person on the phone. I'm going to rip them a new one. They really screwed this up. And my dad very calmly and sarcastically says, oh, that sounds great. So the one person in the world who can help you, that's the person you're going to yell at. Right. And I was super deflated because obviously he was damn right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a dang it. And, <sighs> and I'm like, no, I guess not. Yep. You're right. He's like, they didn't, they aren't yeah. the one who screwed this up. And he's like, even if they were, it's like, there's still the one person in the world who can help you. And I was like, crap. And I, I, I was really upset about it in the moment. And I was bummed that he, he like took the, the wind out of my sails, but that was a, one of the most important life lessons my dad right. ever taught me. So yeah. Let me know nice. how that works out for you, Dave, when that, you call up and that was kind of it. It was like, Oh, <laughs> I'm curious to see how that works out for you. And, and obviously as soon as he said it, it was, it was clear to me that, I, that he yeah. was absolutely correct. And, and that has served me well throughout my life. It's like, yeah, yeah. It costs nothing. Please and thank you cost nothing. Right. I saying I need help costs nothing. And yet it buys you so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So speaking of uh, uh, I need help, uh, David has a question. In fact, we've got two questions about um, Eero stuff, ne- mesh yeah. networking. Yeah. So David writes and he says, um, I want to discuss Eero Plus. As you may recall, several years ago, Eero Secure was available for just $29.99 a year, offering a range of features that included advanced security, content filtering, ad blocking, activity insights, a weekly activity report, and VPN. However, I was disappointed to learn that this option has been discontinued, leaving the only thing as an Eero Plus subscription for $99 a year, which incorporates additional things like 1Password, EncryptMe, and Malwarebytes. The truth is, 
I no longer even find this uh, Eero Plus subscription to be worth the price. I transferred all my passwords to iCloud Keychain, so I don't need one password. I don't feel the need for mal- mal- malware bytes to run automatically. I can run it manually. Uh, it says Encrypt Me has not lived up to the expectations that I wanted. And so he says, what is out there? Do I need anything? Do you have any guidance on similar products or services that would give me the features as the, the discontinued features as Eero secure. And so I, I dug into this with David a little bit and, uh, and he said, really, he's looking for DNS filtering and ad blocking. And uh, so, okay, fine. Uh, As someone, as a former website owner, uh, I can tell you that, you know, ad blocking can, 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 pull revenues away from websites. However, I said that as a website owner who was attempted at least to be very responsible with the types of ads that we put on and tried not to make them annoying because I know I want you to read my site, not just be all consumed with ads. So um, be that as it may, uh, you know, open DNS, the home security options that they offer are possibly what you're looking for here. And uh, they have Family Shield uh, is one of the things that OpenDNS offers. And this will do things like um, you can have it, you know, block adult content and all sorts of things like that. Uh, Yeah, I haven't used them in years. I said, yeah, they'll stop gambling devices, adult content, all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. So the Open. And they use their own DNS servers. Well, that's how it works is you yeah, point yeah. yourself at open, you point your router at open DNS's uh, family shield name servers, and then th- then you're good to go. So here's, here's, this is what's really strange. 208.67.222.222 or .220.220. That, that that's their servers. Well, their DNS servers. That's so the they, DNS. That's the DNS servers for open DNS home. Yes. For Family Shield, they're a little different, and you just okay. want to go to the website. I'll, I'll put them. I'll, I'll put them in the. Uh, yeah, in the, in that's the why it's just one of those yeah. uh, numbers that stuck in my head. You yep. know, over there, I can't get rid of. It's like, oh, yep. there's so many other things I want to remember. Yet I remember Open DNSs. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> but yeah, they they have and they've been you know Open DNS started as their as their own company. Now they're owned by Cisco. But nice. you know okay. these 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 things exist still. And you can get, you know, if you want stats on all kinds of things, you can pay 10, 20 bucks a year and get OpenDNS Home VIP. So you can get it, but the OpenDNS Home might even be better for you because it's going to let you really customize what you're doing as opposed to Family Shield, which is just kind of set it and forget it. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think that's going to get you there. I think that's. I think at some there. point I moved away from it because Debbie runs her her travel agency stuff from here and was yep. having difficulty getting to some of the sites and it's like that's not an adult site and really that's all I'm filtering but yeah okay I, you know. I did that I Lisa had a problem getting to uh, she likes to knit and there's a site called Ravelry and that would show up in the adult site filters for OpenDNS. And I'm sure there was a good reason, maybe because it's just like knitting patterns, user generated content, like people are yeah. putting the So maybe there were knitting patterns that that ran, you know, on one side or the other of, of open yeah. DNSs or whoever created the filters. But 
I was able to go in to OpenDNS home and configure an exception for Ravelry and to get it to let that right. get through. Right. Yeah. And and that actually and especially as the kids got older, it was like, okay, well, wait a minute. I don't need like to have as many of these filters in place. And so it really was nice to be able to whitelist, you know, different things yeah. and and create block lists and allow lists and all of that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. That was um I I yeah. I, I I like to open. I don't use it anymore. I've been using Cloudflare's DNS um, from from my home here, and that seems to you know work well. But okay. I, I don't have any filters in place for it. So yeah. Um, yeah. One other Eero related question comes from listener Jerry, who asks: uh, I'm having an issue with my Eero Wi-Fi system. I added this Wi-Fi after cutting Cox cable and getting GoNet speed fiber. It seems Eero won't allow access to various websites through some email links on my iPhone at home. If I turn off Wi-Fi and use cellular, then I can access this. This has been going on since I installed Eero in March. I've contacted Eero and they suggest I add the site names and preferences, but most times I don't know uh, as I can't access them due to there being a link. This, I, I, this doesn't sound, I've seen this issue and it's not, just an Eero issue. I think it's, I think it's an issue with your go net speed fiber. I think their DNS servers are not doing the lookups properly. And so where, when I, and this is why I just said I'm using Cloudflare's DNS. It's because I'm choosing not to use Fidium fibers DNS because Fidium fibers DNS. I don't know like how, reliable that is it's you know I, I but i know that cloudflare runs half the internet and so i use cloudflare's dns and again i install it on my router cloudflare's dns is simple it's even easier to remember than open dns because it's one dot one dot one dot one no wait a minute how am i supposed to remember that <laughs> so I, you know, and, and again, I put Cloudflare's DNS in my router and then that means everything at my home uses my router for DNS and therefore uses Cloudflare DNS. And that, that has worked really, really well for me. Um, so I should probably do that. I think I'm using the default Fidium fiber mm, DNS. Yeah. Seems, seems to be working okay, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. I just, I figured why not use Cloudflare's DNS? Uh, it was kind of my well, thought. Was, Since it's what they do, I exactly there's zero downtime. Uh, right, you know, that they've got backup servers and everything else. Right, yeah, it's it's okay. you know, and I use Cloudflare DNS for all of our domains too, like to host the the DNS records. So if I have to like create a thing like I don't know live.macgeekgab.com, I do that at Cloudflare's DNS, and then I can point it and all that good stuff. So nice. Yep. Yupper. Um, all right, where are we on time? I want to take a minute, Pete, and thank all of the folks whose premium uh, subscriptions have renewed or who have contributed even manually to premium in the last, well, since we did the last episode. We are recording this one early because I have to go to Pepcom this week down in New York. So it's a smaller batch than usual. And if you think your name should have been in because you're listening on Monday or Tuesday, don't worry. We'll get you next time. We just haven't seen it yet because time it's, is it's not Monday yet. Really. Cause it's yeah. Time is linear ish. 
for well, us. for us. We, we choose to see it that for way. For us mere mortals. <laughs> so again, this is all at MacGeekGab.com slash premium. And uh, it is, I always say this, it is optional. It is not mandatory by simply by listening to the show, sending in your questions, sharing the show. Those are all things you can do to support us that cost you nothing. However, we absolutely appreciate and rely on the support of the segment of you who can and wish to support us directly. Hey, and tell them it's mandatory. Tell them it's mandatory. I, I just can't do it. Here. I just can't do it to myself. <laughs> I, but I will say, you know, I said it earlier in the episode, right? I need help costs nothing. We need help. Like we, this helps us. This is, this is absolutely something that, that is part of our uh, revenue infrastructure here with Matt Kikab. It, you know, it's, it, we, it, it's not mandatory for each and every one of you to do, but those of you that can do it and who choose thank to you. do it, it thank you. And it really yeah. does make a difference and it allows us to continue to produce this show. So right. that money didn't fall into their pockets. No, they're sharing it with us. no, we're very thankful for this. So, yeah. um, let, let's see, I will, I will, I will try and do this efficiently here. We got uh $50 contributions from Edward in Manhattan beach and uh, Robert in Knoxville. Thank you to you both. We got $25 contributions from Robin in Andover, Andrew in uh, Durham, Jed in Jersey city, Scott in North little rock and Gene in Denver. And I missed Patrick from little rocks, $50 contribution in, in that group. So thank you uh, to all of you. And then $10, uh, sorry, a $15 contribution from Bob in La Peche, and then $10 contributions from Timothy in West Windsor, Frank in Voorhees, Barry in Des Plaines, uh, where are we here? Brian in Danbury, Santiago in Palm City, and John in Wake Forest. Thank you to all of you. And again, it's all at MacGeekCub.com slash premium if you want to be uh, involved with that. We absolutely appreciate it because we need help it's it's just how it works it's how the you know it's 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 always been that way this is nothing new um it's like the ads cover part of it you cover part of it it's we're, we're one big happy family here it's great and with that we have some uh some cool stuff found to share here pete we we do we do and we do oh no where i can't find it all right <laughs> So, <laughs> so, I was looking for the agenda. It was on the wrong screen. Well, you know, <laughs> you got two screens. I've got to pick one. Uh, you got to pick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarab in Discord found this or told us about a website that he's used for a long time. Somebody was asking in in Discord how how do you know what commands to use from the terminal? Those you know those defaults right commands that you use to change some of those settings that don't appear anywhere else. Somebody was asking like, how do you find what those commands are? And Sarab was like, Oh, I use macOS dash defaults.com. This website is like, it's just got so many things and they are organized by category. You've got ones for the finder ones for the desktop, the trackpad mission control. I like, and then there's miscellaneous, of course, but just so many different things and you click on it and it'll tell you all these defaults, right? Commands. It's amazing. I like, so 
yeah, I, as soon as I found that, I was like, oh, wait a minute. And then actually other listeners are like, Dave, Dave, did you see this? You got to include this in the show. It's like, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Craziness. I, I, I don't I, like if you know of things like this, please tell us. Because this was one of those things that came out because someone asked a question. And again, we all help each other in the Discord. And so Sarab was like, oh, I just use this. It's like, aha, you know about this. The rest of us, not necessarily. No clue. No clue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or if we did, we forgot about it. Uh, Andrew has uh, a, a, a cool stuff found sort of encased in a quick tip here. He says, I recently picked up a Samsung smart monitor and have been using my M1 MacBook Pro uh, in clam M1 Pro MacBook Pro in clamshell mode, but I found that I couldn't adjust the volume using the keyboard controls on the Apple external keyboard. Then I was poking around in Rogue Amoeba's sound source and found an option called Super Volume Keys. I turned it on. Boom! That's all it took. Now my volume controls work. Yes, this this is one of these magic things, and I. I had forgotten about the talking about quick tips that, that we forgot about. I had forgotten about this option in sound source, but I use it. And as soon as he was, you know, as soon as he was talking about it, I'm like, wait, why am I able to control my volume with my volume keys? And it was like, oh, right. Sound source. Yes. I also use this. So yeah, sound source is great. It, it, in addition to that one little option that is truly kind of buried, what sound source really lets you do is choose which choose a different audio output device and volume level per app. So you can say, Oh, I want alerts to go. Well, you can do that in system preferences, but you can say, I want my music, you know, Apple music to go through my big speakers, but I want, uh, you know, Safari sounds to go through my, the speakers in my Mac or whatever, or, you know, oh, I always really want granular. this to go to my oh, headphones. Yeah, yeah okay. it's it's a great little app. And uh, it, it's just one of those things that is so fun. I mean, it's fundamentally necessary that I, I just can't even think about it. And, and then you can set uh, effects on each output. Right. So you can say, well, this app, I want to have some EQ on it and this app. No. And so, yeah, it's it's one of those things that is. I, I, I can't even, I, I couldn't live without it. Um, and right. that, and that one yeah. feature that, that, uh, Andrew, the, 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 what's it called? Smart volume keys. That is huge. Like uh, that, if you're Very using nice. a third party monitor, like, that's the way to go. So yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You got one from, you? from Bob for us. Yeah. So Bob wrote in and, uh, let me find exactly where he wrote the, Long story, short story is uh, he had uh, one called, uh, I think it was fire, uh, shake, my shake or something like that. Okay. I got to find it. Not seeing it. Uh, I'll, I'll find it here in a second. I, I found my answer to Bob, but I don't see what he wrote. Uh, the long and short of it is there are uh, disaster apps, you know, which you, you too can live in a disaster movie. Um, but in the USA, uh, there's one like Cal Fire. Uh, that puts out, hey, you know, there's fire near you, you know, be, be on the alert. Flood apps, uh, there's Australia has fires near me. Uh, the United States has National Weather Service tornado warnings. 
that sort of thing. And I think it's called My Shake. I can't, I'm not seeing it is. the, uh, that, the that's My what it's Shake. called. Yep. Yeah. So that's yep. the app that he wrote about, which is kind of like an earlier warning on earthquakes. It allows him to, you know, get, it gives him a few seconds. Yep. Hey, here it is. Now get to safety, warn others around you, get to a safer area of the building or outside or what have you. So, um, so I did a little research and that they're all over the place. The United States, like I said, has Cal Fire. Australia has fires near me. The National Weather Service has tornado warnings. Uh, tornado by the American Red Cross. Storm Shield notifies users of severe weather alerts based on your location. Europe has uh, Mediterranean Seismological uh, Center, offers a, one called Last Quake, providing real-time earthquake alerts. And uh, Taiwan oh. has uh, Weather Bureau uh uh, earthquake alerts and apps like that. Japan, one of the most advanced earthquake early warning systems in the world. Uh, they have uh, Yurekuru, Y-U-R-E-K-U-R-U, uh, Yurekuru call, which receives these alerts. Um, Mexico has the Sistema de Alerta Seismica Mexicano, okay. or S-A-S-M-E-X, um, which is a seismic alerting yeah, system. Yeah, so, yeah. so the the point is, I've gone through all of these. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to memorize them and have it now. No, uh, Dave's put some in the show notes as we talk. But search for the disaster in your area, right? And, and look through the apps and see what you might want as an early alert, early early warning system. Interesting. So, yeah, um, yeah. That there's there's some of those out there, and I think that was kind of done uh, in the wake uh, or came up. F- to him, I think, in the wake of about three weeks ago now, everybody got the, uh, yes, or, 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 no matter where you were, no matter whether your phone was on silent or what, unless your phone was off, you got the alert and it scared the big Jesus out of you. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, what's that? Oh, just a test. This is a test in the emergency broadcast system. Yeah. Okay, emergency alert system. Um, I knew it was coming and it still surprised me, startled me and made me go, whoa. Uh, Maybe that's why I had my uh, alerts volume way down. <laughs> I, yeah, we were we we happened to be at a local fair. We were at the the Freiburg Fair that day, and oh. walking through like one of the the you know the exhibits of like the barns of cows or something. Yeah. And what was interesting is there were three guys sitting there in front of their cows, and their phones all went off. And the the guy was one of the guys was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I told you this was going to happen." And I looked at Lisa and I'm like, how come our phones didn't go off? Like, this is the moment that this was supposed to happen. And 10 seconds later, our phones went off at the same time. So it was like, ah, okay, there you go. Yep. Got it. No, just network delay, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm putting, I'm putting links to these apps in the, in the show notes for everybody. Of course, the show notes are at MacGeekGab.com, and the show notes for this episode specifically our mgg.fm slash 1005, because that's what episode we are. We have yeah. time for... I tried to change it. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. Yeah. You, in fact, you did a great job with it. You were so confident with it that I was like, wait, I don't think so. I, I'm pretty sure this is 1005, right? 1004 yeah. came out on Monday. Even though it was on the screen right below me, yeah. you know what I did? I, I actually read it off the... Off the green screen at the top oh, of our agenda. I did I not update there. that? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, on Neither me. did I. So um, self-inflicted. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to change it now because otherwise when I update it for 1006, I'll actually update it to 1005, you know, because I'm, we'll do it I'm all not over that again. smart. Yeah. yeah, exactly. 
Learn hey, from our mistakes. Rod L is smart. And in our discord, he shared a new thing called Mac OS containers. And this is the Mac OS containers project. And it refers to the containers. Part of it refers to Docker containers, Docker being these lightweight little containers that you can run to do different things. And, you know, we've talked about using them for a variety yeah. of things on the show. One thing that Docker containers could not previously do that. Now the Mac OS containers project lets them do is run Mac OS inside a container on Mac OS, right? So you can get Docker containers or build Docker containers for Mac OS and run them on Mac OS. So if you have some Mac OS app that you want to run inside a container and the nice part about a container is it's kind of a static environment. doesn't change uh, based on the things that around it that change. This is a way to go. And so I've got a link in the show notes to the containers project. And then also a link to an OS 10 daily or an OS X daily. I'm pretty sure it's OS 10 daily article that talks through using some of these and how to do it. And so it, this is absolutely, you know, a thing for nerds, but um, it's all installable via homebrew and you can really kind of, um, kind of get rolling with this. So it, it's pretty exciting that, uh, that this, that this exists, but yeah, it's fun. But I'm thinking it won't run on any other machine, but a Mac. Already I, I would assume that Absolutely. to be true, but I yeah. don't know that to be true, but yeah, I, I think that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that well, is, Rebecca, uh, you haven't heard about those in a long time. Remember the, the Hackintosh computers. Yeah. It, there's still yeah, people out there using them. I, okay. you, you know, the, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's, I would think it would be harder now with Apple Silicon. I uh, yeah yeah you're still my guess is you're only doing it on Intel. Does anybody know? Feedback at macgeekab.com is where we would love to hear. That's from where you, you should write it write to us about it. Feedback at macgeekab.com. I think he said feedback at macgeekab.com, folks. That's what I said. It is. I heard it. I heard it. I also heard you say it was macgeekab one thousand four. So I, I don't oh, know. You know. Do, we, do we even trust this? Uh, time is know. linear. Time is fluid. Yeah, you I know what know. else is fluid? The band. And they're playing. I hear them. The band is playing. Yeah, time. Yeah, what did Frank Zappa say that um, music decorates time? He said it far more eloquently than I did. Um, it's music. I, is see, it, I see the point. Time. But yeah, it's mm. like, what did he? Gosh, he said it. Without music to decorate it, time would is just a bunch of boring production deadlines or dates by which bills must be paid so uh, yes all oh, those fine folks that write to us every month and don't understand when we don't write back that's right <laughs> uh time is boring all right uh we'll, i will put a link to that quote in the show notes too so we all have it Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. Thanks for sending in all your quick tips and your cool stuff found and your questions and all of that. Thanks for the last hour plus of your time. That really is uh, an honor to spend it with you. And we look forward to doing it again next week. If you're not already subscribed, please subscribe. If you please subscribe, whether or not, once you are subscribed, share the show with a friend. Do it. Do it now. Thanks to Cashfly for, for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Thanks to uh, our sponsor, of course, LinkedIn.com slash MGG. You can post your first job for free. Steve, you got any other shows? Wait, we have lots of other shows. They can yeah. uh, they can find them somewhere, Pete. All right. I don't know. What, is, what does your shirt say? 
Does your shirt say it today? It do say it. All right. Let's see if I can get it from here. I'll even put it down so everyone else can read it. Well, Pete's getting his shirt <sighs> ready. Go face. listen to his show. Uh, uh, so there I was for aviation enthusiasts. What's your shirt say? Right there in big white letters on a black shirt. It says, don't get caught. It's good advice. Really, really good advice. See ya. Later.